Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Well, welcome. We're glad to have with us today Mr. Alfred Smith, a Lincoln County gentleman. Uh, grew up, actually, I believe you said you were born in the Little Bahia community. Yes, sir. And... Uh, Mr. Alfred is a veteran of the Korean conflict, served during the Korean conflict uh, in the Navy, and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, as he shares his experiences with us. Uh, now, Mr. Alfred, you were actually born in Little Bahia. You weren't born in uh, Brookhaven in the hospital. Little Bahia. You were born in the country. Yes, sir. Uh, now, you know, your dad, does he? did he have a farm? Is that what you actually grew he up did. on the farm? He My dad was Jimmy Lee Smith. And okay. Everybody probably knew him. He lived at 95 years old. How about that? And uh, my mother was Tiny Bell Parnell, and uh, her daddy, uh, my grandpa, was the first county agent here for Lincoln County. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So where did you go to school, Hikes Alfred? Retreat. Hikes Retreat. I actually remember that school, not while it was open, but I remember seeing it before they tore it down or it fell down, whichever it was. Yes, sir. Okay, now you went to school at Hikes Retreat, and that was you graduated in what year? Did you? 1950. 1950. Well, the Korean conflict was starting to heat up, That's and right. uh, they were drafting guys, but you decided not to be drafted. Right. Tell us that story. Well, see, I, I left here and went to Natchez and went to work for International Paper. And in Natchez, they had a reserve center. Uh, a Navy reserve. Navy reserve center. So the draft was getting pretty warm. So I decided <laughs> I didn't want to be in the Army. So I said, I'll just get in the Navy. So I joined the Navy Reserve. That was sometime in 1950. And then, of course, we cruised along. I'd go to a meeting, you know, mostly now and then. And mm-hmm. uh, then in 1951, by November, they, they give me my paper. says, you report to so-and-so <laughs> December the 6th. That's 1951. All right, so you, you actually got activated. You got called up yes, sir. from the reserve unit. And, and where did you end up having to report to? Uh, Bainbridge, Maryland. There was, there was one barbed wire fence between that and the North Pole. I went out there in the wintertime, you know, the snow got waist deep. It's cold. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, so you spent some time there in just more advanced training? 14 weeks. 14 weeks. Basic boot camp. All right, and then from there you went to? Well, when, when I got out of boot camp, uh, of course, I was uh, kind of engaged to my wife, mm-hmm. and uh, so we got married at the boot camp there. Wow. And then I, we had the 14 or 15-day leave, and then uh, – I went back to uh, Norfolk. I was assigned to the destroyer, USS Corey, DDA-17. And uh, Now, where were you, Where did you actually join the ship? Norfolk, Virginia. At Norfolk, okay. Yes, sir. And so from there, you headed to? Well, we, we, we hung around there for two or three months, and then we headed for the, the, the Mediterranean Sea, which was called the Sixth Fleet back there then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a whole, uh, uh, well, uh, crew, uh, let's see, not a battalion, but uh, it was destroyers and, and escorts and uh, uh, cruisers and battleships and aircraft carriers. So you were a, your ship was a part of that conglomeration right, of other ships. Right, that's right. Now, the destroyer, for those who may not be aware, is extremely fast. 
Right. Uh, it's uh, it was it was famous during World War II and in other engagements uh, for being an anti-submarine ship. Right. Uh, but it also its biggest responsibility was just an escort. You were That's there right. to protect the other big ships that weren't as fast and as maneuverable, and so that's right. that's basically what a destroyer did. That's right. And uh, then uh, then on the way over, I don't know. We'd probably been gone a week. Of course, it took us about thirty-one days to get over there. Mm. But we we were gone about a week, and they they began to have these night maneuvers. Now the night maneuvers is where uh, the aircraft carrier, you know, they would these planes would leave and, and go out and run their mission and come back and land on the carrier. Right. And uh, we had a terrible experience. Uh, I don't know the Hobson was ahead plane garden and we were behind plane garden, and uh, I don't they got the wrong signal somehow and uh, that that. Uh, Wasp was the aircraft carrier. It run right over that Hobson and sunk it. Oh, the destroyer Hobson was a part of the escort team. That's right. And uh, and they got their uh, signals crossed and oh my goodness, had a mid sea collision. Right. And sank the Hobson. Did they were they able to save many of the crew? Two or three. Oh my goodness, and a crew for your size destroyer was about how many? About 180, I believe. Good gracious. Went to Good their gracious. watery grave, you know. Good and, uh, gracious. And uh, Wow, we, and the Wasp was a very large aircraft carrier. Right. It My just, goodness. See, it just knocked a plug out of the Wasp. It was so much bigger. But it sunk. It, it cut that uh, Hobson, I guess, half in two, and, and they, they just went to the bottom of the ocean. And I'm sure y'all spent most of the night trying to look for well, survivors. We, we stayed there two or three days, and we had the funeral at sea, mm. and then we took off. And, mm, uh, headed back for the Mediterranean. Right. Headed on the Mediterranean. Of course, the wasp had to come back. Had to go back to it had, it had to uh, go in uh, reverse, uh, well, what you call that, mm-hmm. to uh, mm-hmm. on kind of that big big hole in the front. Keep the water from coming in. Right. All right. So you, you, continue, you continued on with your, your crew and ship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your mission in the Mediterranean. Right. Well, we, we were just kind of in standby. And of course, we would we would had uh, we'd have uh, battle runs, you know. And uh, of course, our biggest uh, uh, weapon on there was a five inch uh, twin mount on the stern and the, and the, the twin mount on the, on the bow. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we had the twenty millimeters, you know, and had some torpedoes. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but now we we would we would have these. Uh, uh, in other words, it it cast this alarm, and we'd have to go to our battle station and. Then uh, uh, we fire for maybe two hours, mm-hmm. and then they, they cease fire. Now we couldn't see what we were shooting; we were just shooting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing what you were told to do. That's right. Now battle stations is is what would happen, and, and you didn't stay on battle stations because that was the highest alert status for a ship. But uh, it could go battle stations. That alarm could go off at any time, middle of the night or in the middle of the day or whatever you were guys were doing. And it was imperative to get there quickly, right? And be ready to fight, not knowing when you might sight an enemy. That's right. All right, now tell me a little bit about your experience on board the ship. What's it like living with 180 guys? Now, how big was was that carrier? I mean, how you know the the length of it? Yeah, I think it was about. A twenty-four foot wide and about a hundred and eighty foot long. It, it was. Uh, That's a lot of guys in a small space. It is. It is. But, I guess uh, everybody got along or had to get along. Oh yes, sir. They say <laughs> they seen that you got along. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what you did. 
Well, your first assignment on ship. Yes, and uh, we were before we left Norfolk. I was chipping paint and painting. You know, because Navy don't want anything rusted. They want it, you know, chipped and painted. And then uh, I just kept uh, uh, somehow or another. Uh, I fooled around the galley up there, and they put me to, on a job to get supplies for the cooks. So it wasn't too long to I, I still fool around the galley to have something to do, you know. And uh, and probably get something to eat, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, of course, you make friends. Sure. And, uh, Especially with the cook, you don't, you don't. That's you, right. You can't go down the street and eat. You got to eat what's on the boat. That's right. You want a first name basis for That's the cook. Right. But anyway, uh, uh, they, 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 chief one day told me that uh, they had a cook gonna get discharged and said, asked me if I wanted to be a cook, and I said, yes, sir, I, I'll take it. So uh, they started training me as a cook. Of course, a, a cook, he's got it made. He's got about five or six. <laughs> What we call Jack of the Dust, that's what they call them. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the apron, apron, they do all the cleaning up. Well, all right. you do is mess up and cook. That's right. And they clean up, you know. And uh, That was a pretty good job. And anyway, uh, uh, the Navy, though, is just a different language. you got to learn the whole language about it. The, the, no such thing as a dining room. It's a chow hall or the... The bathroom is the head, and, and the doors is hatches, and uh, you know. It's and just, you can't say front and back because it's the bow and the stern. Bow and the stern, <laughs> you can't stay right and left because that's Starboard, port and port. Stove, That's right. right. And uh, it's, it's just how to learn a different language, you know. Well, it's neat to, to uh-huh. be hearing these stories. We're going to uh-huh. take a short break, and we'll come back and and uh, visit a little more of Mr. Alfred Sp- mm-hmm. Smith, uh, on this uh, Navy destroyer crewman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. College baseball is back. Your favorite teams in the best matchups of the season. And nobody covers America's pastime like Sports Talk Mississippi. Afternoons on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. We're glad to have with us today Mr. Alfred Smith, a a lifetime Lincoln County gentleman uh, who was born and raised in a little Bahia community and is here with us sharing his uh, experiences uh, as a crewman on the destroyer that he served on, two different destroyers, and I hope we have time to talk about the second one as well. But you were talking about you were in the in the Mediterranean, and you were there for about ten and a half months, I believe you said. Yeah, that's right. And you spent, I mean, fortunately, you were probably able to, to spend some time in port as you restocked your stores and things. Uh, and that had to be an incredible experience, because how old were you at that time, Mr. Alfred? Probably 21, 20. And here, here's a 21-year-old mm-hmm. from uh, mm-hmm. uh, Little Bahia, Mississippi, Lincoln County, right. over in the Mediterranean, seeing these absolutely beautiful old historic mm-hmm. uh, places. I bet that was an experience, wasn't it? It was quite an experience. Does yes, any of those ports, any places that you saw stand out that was one more memorable than the other? No, uh, not No. They were, they were all about the same. Pretty incredible. A lot, a lot of a lot of rocks. A lot of a lot of <laughs> very few trees. A lot of rocks and a lot of old buildings and amazing people begging everywhere you went. You know. Now, what year would that have been roughly? That would have been 1951. See, that wasn't too long after World War II, and right. Europe was still feeling the effect of the mm-hmm. war. Mm-hmm. Wow, incredible. Well, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit. It was interesting. You were sharing some of the things about 
a ship is unique and everything that the that, that the crew has to have to live has to be on board that's right because you may be at sea for an extended period of time just like your your uh your trip over from norfolk to the mediterranean took you how many days you say 30 31 days 31 days so you got to be able to survive with what's on the ship tell us a little bit about drinking water we made our own drinking water. Made your own water. Right. All right. Tell us about that, please. I, I don't know how they made it. What the process uh, right. was. Right. I don't know. I, I guess they took, but, but they used the salt water. They used the salt water and made, uh, you know, got the salt out of it and that used what we drank. Well, and, tell me what it tasted like. Did it taste oh, okay? Oh, yeah. You couldn't hardly drink the coffee. <laughs> I quit drinking coffee in the Navy because uh, once you get seasick on, on coffee, you know, and seasick together. Coffee don't taste good anymore. Oh, my word. Uh-huh. But now, we were talking earlier about uh, uh, the role of a destroyer, and, and of mm-hmm. course it was it had to be prepared, and the, and the crew had to be prepared for dealing with the enemy in any, any capacity, be it a submarine or a, mm-hmm. a surface ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, your role, when, the, when the, the battle station's alarm went off, what was your role as part of the, the response to the battle stations? Yeah, I took off for the stern, uh, two, uh, uh, double mount, five-inch projectile. I was projector man. It weighed 54 pounds. Well, tell me, what did you do? What did the projectile man do? Well. Uh, now, what, you were inside of a little a little room right. where, where that, uh, where that right. those two guns, a double mount, mm-hmm. uh, was located. Yeah. Well, you see, you had a, uh, uh ammunition room down in, in the bottom. Then you had little elevators that brought up your powder. See the powder powder can was about two and a half foot long, and when it come up, the man would take the powder and he throw it in the in the in the where it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Then the the projector would come up. And I'd grab it and weigh fifty four pounds and throw it in there and, and push a breech to. Now the projectile and, was the explosive part of the round. That's right. But it wouldn't work without the powder the, the charge behind it. So it took the two, and and then you would close the breech. That's and right. you were ready to fire. That's right. Just just like a just like a, a, a shotgun shell. If it don't got no powder, you don't have no projector, you know. So how 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 quick could you reload and fire? How often how quickly could one round follow another round? Well, it depends on where they want it rapid for or where they want uh, see they can fire that thing from down in the control room. Right. You can close it. And uh, then they they can fire it when they want to down there. Okay. You might stand there five minutes before they fire it, you know. But if it was rapid fire, how many how many rounds were you throwing in? I'm just thinking how, uh, how that was a fifty pound projectile. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast as it could come up, well, you know, I, I'd say I'd say four or five a minute, you know. So there were times if you were doing something like that, it got pretty it got pretty uh, furious. It got pretty in hectic. There. Pretty hectic. If it was rapid fire. No, uh, you you were you were just about like cutting putt wood, you know. Now, what was the noise like? Was it oh, loud? Oh, terrible! It you, was terrible. You, you had these, uh, you know, that you had to wear these uh, these uh, uh, earmuffs, mm-hmm. but it, it was still terrible, you know. Really interesting. Now, you served ten and a half months, and we've just we're about about three and a half, four minutes left here. Mm-hmm. But I've got. To, I want you to tell me the story about as your group. I'm assuming it was the entire group was going back to the states. Got into a typhoon, typhoon, that, a that, terrible storm. That's right. And it lasted several days, two three, or three days. Three days. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about what that experience was like. 
Oh, it, it was just, it was, it's terrible and awful, as uh, the man used to say. Terrible uh, and awful. Right. Uh, way, way as high as this building, and mm. uh, the ship would roll, and you, you'd say, well, this is it, you know. Well, it's the last row. There's not a yeah. whole lot you can do. I guess I, if I remember a little bit about Navy, you batten the hatches and you turn the bow into the into the wind. Right. So, I mean, but still you were catching the waves and you were rolling, which meant you were going from side to side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what did the like what was the rest of the crew doing? Praying? Praying. <laughs> <laughs> Praying and holding on. And that went on for two or three days. Now, you were telling me that, of course, stuff, I guess you had everything as secure as it mm-hmm. could be, but I'm sure there was still stuff coming loose and you mm-hmm. were having to, to re-secure it and, and things like that. But what were you saying when the storm was over, what happened to that particular ship? Oh, it, it destroyed it so bad till they put it out of commission. That's the reason I went to the Sarsfield, the next destroyer. So after that typhoon, mm-hmm. that United States Navy mm-hmm. destroyer, which was really well built, mm-hmm. right. it it had to be taken out of service right. because the storm had had beat it up so badly. That's right. It just by the grace of God, we made it. You know. Wow. And, and then, uh, well, I was transferred to the USS Sarsfield in Key West, Florida. And you were telling me a little bit about that. We've only got a short moment yeah. or two, but I want you to tell me that was really tough duty, wasn't it, down to no, Key West, Florida? <laughs> no, it, it was just like a banker's. You go, out, go to work at 8 and come back at 3 every day. You had a regular run, in other words. Right. You had something you were responsible right. for, right. and the ship would just do what it was supposed to do, and you came back, and you, came back. And you were docked there at Key West. At Key West. But it was the good thing was your wife was able to join you. That's right. That's right. And, uh, of course, we had a little uh, – uh, I got out a couple months early on account of uh, – we, we were out one day and it got rough, and uh, they, they were going to cook fish. And it was too rough to cook fish, but she said cook fish. So they cooked <laughs> fish, and they set that thing on fire. The galley? The galley. And uh, they uh, – uh, it was so bad they had to send it to the dry dock. So <laughs> that, that was going to – Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm, so they, mm-hmm. they just put me out at uh, Key West, and I just hung around there two months, and they discharged me. I, I come home. You got to come back to yes. Mississippi. Yes. Wow, what an incredible and interesting story you've yeah. shared with us, Mr. Mm-hmm. Alfred. It's mm-hmm. uh, I want to say uh, uh, how much we appreciate you coming in and mm-hmm. taking the time this morning to tell us a little bit about your experiences experiences. Uh, serving a country and let me just say once again on behalf of the united states and mm-hmm. and uh, all of its citizens thank you for wearing the uniform of mm-hmm. of our country mm-hmm. for your service to the united states and to the united states navy and uh uh just thank you again for coming in to share with yes, us yes sir glad that i could help a super talk mississippi media production